In today's Threading Thoughts, we talk about remote sensing and remote imagery. Satellite images can capture crucial data like land use as well as land cover, groundwater prospects and soil characteristics as well. Geographic Information Systems or GIS technology can also map nutrient deficiencies in the soil which helps with crop planning. Earth Observation EO data has three distinct advantages. Scale of data capture, timeliness of the data capture, and frequency of the data capture. What started off as a fun where is my house search has now evolved with these applications helping in planning, monitoring disasters and natural calamities, and guiding civil defense people. From extracting mineral deposits with remote sensing based spectral analysis, to disaster mitigation planning and recovery. Remote sensing data is proving invaluable. Satellite imagery is collected digitally. That is, there is no data loss during the scanning process. The digital imagery contains more information covering a large ground area and can revisit the target sites at a specific time frame. This makes it very useful for city planning and public works as well. The Remote Sensing Data Policy RSDP by the Government of India recognize its benefit to society. Mr. Pratip Basu is the co-founder and chief executive officer at SatSure Limited, a decision analytics startup that is working on solutions to enable technology access for financing in agriculture, clean energy and sustainable development programs globally. He is a seasoned space industry professional with work experience in both the business and technology front. An aerospace engineer from the Indian Institute of Space Science and Technology, Trivandrum, with a post-graduation in space studies from the International Space University, Strasbourg. Mr. Basu has worked as a scientist in ISRO and a geospatial industry analyst at Boston-based Northern Sky Research, NSR, prior to starting Satcher. Thank you so much, Pratip, for joining us today. And I'm incredibly happy that you were able to spare some time for Threading Thoughts. Thanks, Prudela. It's my pleasure to be on this uh, show. Thank you so much. Um, I would like to ask you, Pratip, uh, how does satellite imagery help prioritize interventions for farming? See, uh, the thing with satellites uh, is that you are capturing data from space, which means it's like these are satellites which are 300 to 500 kilometers above the Earth, which means the, the coverage or the scale of data capture is very, very high. So imagine uh, that uh, you have people uh, who are on the field trying to collect data by, by visiting the farm. Here, a satellite can cover at one go uh, anywhere between 50,000 to 1 lakh farms. Uh, in, in a matter of minutes, which which would take months for people. So uh, the, the good thing about uh, satellites is that it's not only capturing images uh, in the in the visual part of uh, the electromagnetic spectrum, the, the kind of colors that we are able to see, but it's also able to capture the, the images uh, and their properties in the uh, microwave and infrared uh, bands. So okay. what happens is that uh, uh, the, the physical properties uh, of plants, they, they keep changing as it grows. And if there is any damage uh, to the crop, uh, it's, it's greenness or it's a photosynthetic rate changes. So these are the things which are captured from satellites and you can then pinpoint uh, which farm is not performing well, which farm there is no sowing happened. So that interventions like 
advising the farmers on crop rotation advising the farmers on crop protection advising the farmers on when to sow uh, and also when to harvest for best yield uh, these are some of the interventions which can be drawn and that too at scale so that's that's one few of the avenues how uh, satellites uh, can can uh, you know cre- create such interventions and we are already doing that in quite a few places so that's phenomenal because that really cuts down the downtime for farmers as well and uh, sort of uh, takes away the guessing that might come into it right um so this phenomenal aid that way and uh, absolutely yes what are some of the future avenues for space based decision intelligence so there are uh, many that are already live uh, many use cases such as uh, detecting the changes in in infrastructure it can be buildings which buildings are coming up where to understand the urban sprawl movement uh, then the construction of critical infrastructure like highways or or you know plants etc where governments tend to use uh, satellite uh, resolution satellite images to identify if uh, uh, first of all if corruption is happening uh, if there is uh, actual movement in the uh, in the project or or are people being still just being paid for doing nothing so that kind of uh, uh, things are still rare i would say that uh, uh, in future given the the amount of uh, uh, you know civilian purposes that that such critical infrastructure uh, solve Uh, the usage of satellite based Im- imagery would be just like using uh, your gps like no one no one even thinks that there are four satellite data we can you know triangulated so uh, that's one aspect then a lot of uh, uh, use cases will come up as more and more people understand uh, that we are going through the uh, you know era of climate change where our uh, there are uh, more frequent natural disasters uh, the the overall quality of air is uh, depreciating so these are also avenues where uh, satellites have a big role to play uh, and and uh, already a lot of space agencies have uh, you know been doing programs to to educate the different users uh, of how satellites can play a role in identifying uh, climate change related uh, you know data collection that's awesome because um you actually now have proof in your hands to talk about climate change it's no longer uh, you know just a personal opinion you actually have facts and proofs and you know data in your hands to you know convince a lot of stakeholders i guess yeah i mean climate change was was never an opinion except for a few presidents uh but but uh, all all said and done uh, the the data was always there uh, but the effects and impact is what we are today feeling people have been uh, crying about climate change in 1990s right absolutely i think it's taken a very long time to get that word out although it's it's present but uh, i think it's also a question of acceptance uh, a larger acceptance so right. hopefully that comes across a little more um satellite data and analytics can provide detailed risk assessments so do you see a risk of insurance firms choosing whom and what to cover based on the available data yeah, that's a very interesting uh, question uh, you know on the, on the ethical part of uh, what we do so let me say that yes it's a possibility but i don't think uh, it's a very high possibility the reason is everyone gets insurance only the premium of that insurance increases so it is in the interest of the insurer to uh, go to places which have high risk 
because they know that there will be payouts if there are payouts then the farmers or anyone else uh, you know rural housing etc uh, who have taken insurance they are happy that they are actually getting the coverage uh, you know for the money they are paying they are getting more money uh, and that also increases the insurance uptake so i wouldn't say that uh, uh, insurers will shy away from business because uh, if they are losing in some places they are also gaining in other places in so it's it's a very yeah it's a very hedging kind of strategy that they play and uh, what we are doing is only helping them address the risk perception of these areas which would ideally not have been also insured before very interesting the potential to use earth observation data um, has been recognized through new government regulations so what would be your top 5 recommendations for better governance and better decisions right so uh, few few of the places where i feel the indian government should absolutely make uh, satellite uh, data analytics uh, as mandatory like what it's not mandatory in crop insurance but at least it's in the policy documents uh, so that's already existing so places like uh, our forest manage- management so we have lost uh, you know millions and millions of hectares of forest in the last decade itself and uh, uh, that's that's also you know something that uh, government is aware of but uh, they are not able to track the patterns like how and where forest degradation is happening so that's one because our natural resources are our strength second i would say uh, a lot more satellite imagery should be used in um, in our uh, military defense and intelligence especially on the coastal uh, border lines because uh, that's your security is of prime importance and even though india uh, is one of the top 5 space space faring countries in the world uh, the usage uh, of of uh, actual intelligence derived from satellite data uh, is is not very high today uh, in india uh, spare a few incidents which have been cinematized and uh, then you have uh, also a lot of applications of uh, satellite uh, satellite uh, images and analytics uh, in the domain of uh, what i mentioned to you earlier uh, highways uh dams project progress construction because it brings transparency now there are so much of uh, uh capital being deployed for uh, doing uh you know for, for for constructing different different kinds of uh, uh, structures to to uh cap- like capture uh, rain water so we call it rain water harvesting similarly there is a lot of irrigation activity that is going on so the efficacy and efficiency of these projects are always an issue and uh, they are almost always run into cost overruns so an early indicator of uh, of such uh, project progress can help government save a lot of money and also provide uh, uh, the services to the uh, people whom it is from these projects are designed for at an earlier stage so uh, these are some of the things which comes to my mind obviously the use of water is all uh, your use of uh, satellites uh, uh, for for water management uh, especially uh, surface water and ground water is already existing isro uh, in its portal bhuvan uh, has made all uh, data till 2016 freely available so that way uh, natural resources i would say crops water etc government already uses satellites but they should start using in other avenues as well that's great uh, for public policy i think as you mentioned it will be incredibly valuable um, uh, city planning 
um, those are things that I think they can also not only plan but also track the progress. Um, you have cooperated and built up a lot of relationships not only within India but outside as well uh, for this particular you know use of satellite imagery. Uh, where do you see it going forward? Do you think that that there is a lot more possibility of uh, you know inter-country trade because of this exchange of data? Is that something that uh, can be thought out in a larger scale rather than you know two entities working together? Can it be a little larger than that? I would I would say so. Uh, space has always been a strategic tool for uh, proliferating international relations. Uh, the only difference is today there are, there are a lot more commercial companies who are using space-based services or providing space-based services, right? So um, I, I won't name already countries here, but uh, what you are mentioning is already happening. Uh, where uh, let's say we are going to another country and uh, uh, you know we are showcasing what we can bring to the table. There is also a G2G angle where we can always approach uh, the, the ministries in India to help us through the local consulate or, or the ambassador himself to, to promote uh, the Indian uh, you know, such companies where not just data knowledge, knowledge but also friendship uh, between the two countries can be enhanced. What we are working on uh, are, uh, is, is very very critical for any other country's uh, uh, food security, water security, and energy security policy, as well as uh, you know providing uh, policy formation. I would say, and and also uh, providing services in the hands of their uh, civilians. So uh, there is a lot more, pro obviously, to be done on this uh, front. But again, I don't think we should uh, overly uh, rely on uh, uh, this particular angle of. Uh, you know, uh, have a government to government dealing happening on side of a private dealing is because uh, then each and every uh, thing gets politicized and uh, we we what we do is, is much beyond politics what we do we look at it as something that uh, uh, it's 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 a need of humanity to to exploit the data from the assets in space that we have created over the decades in order to benefit uh, the, the society here Wonderful. I just have one question, uh, which is might be unrelated to what you're doing, but uh, to a certain extent related. So there is a lot of uh, cosmic debris that is caused due to satellites. Is there some way of, of course, now that we are looking at um, rockets that can be reused, which is amazing, right? I mean, you bring that back and reuse it. Uh, how do you think that that can be tackled as well? There's, there is a lot of cosmic debris. and. Uh, how and most probably it's like broken parts of satellites and things like that so how do you think that that can be uh, you know sort of recycled or cleaned up so um, if i'm uh, if i understood correctly uh, the first part is how do we bring down the cost of satellites and the second part is uh, how do we how do we recycle the satellites is it not only recycle, for example, if there is a cosmic debris, don't you think that that is quite major to, um, you know, the atmosphere or just our living? So how do we bring that? Because there is this, a sense of a little bit of pollution that is left in the skies. We do not see it and yes. we do not yeah. recognize it. So Space is there something debris. that can be done uh, or is there something that is being done for it? Right. So let me answer uh, these two uh, separately. So first part is cost of the satellite uh, aspect. 
uh, I am 32 years old. When I was 22 years old, then the cost of a satellite would be 100 to 200 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Now today, the <laughs> cost of a satellite uh, that can provide you, you know, legitimate data uh, has been brought down to about 50 thousand dollars, like 30 lakh rupees. <laughs> so <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> It is right. So, uh, in 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 this very short span of a decade, uh, a lot has changed. And uh, if you remember, there was a lot of uh, uh, media coverage of 102 satellites being launched by PSLV, uh, the launch vehicle of ISRO. Uh, out of that, 88 satellites were the shoebox-sized ones uh, made by a San Francisco-based company called Planet. Uh, so uh, they today operate a constellation of about 180 such shoebox-sized satellites which weigh 5 kilos and provide images that are better than the legacy satellites which were costing 100-200 billion dollars. So that's, that's, that's the level we have reached. Yes, so you can actually, uh, anyone can today go and build a satellite. Getting the launch is a problem uh, because today satellites are available commercially off the shelf. You can make like a, uh, you can go to this Amazon kind of uh, website, cubesat.com and uh, buy a satellite. So I think that issue is uh, past us today. Uh, but the issue that you mentioned second, in a second question, which was on the space debris part is, is again a very, very critical issue. Uh, so. While there are uh, uh, regulations uh, around how the, the orbits have to be used, uh, it, these regulations were made quite a few years back when the um, number of satellites were not this high. You know, um, So for example, each and every satellite uh, which is in low Earth orbit has to be brought down um, and burnt up in the atmosphere within 25 years. Whereas uh, there are these geostationary satellites uh, through which our communication services are provided uh, uh, around 36,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface. So they have moved 200 kilometers uh, above that orbit once they are at the end of life. So that's called a graveyard orbit. So uh, those satellites are actually the ones which are uh, uh, more dangerous today in terms of uh, uh, the debris not the low earth orbit earth imaging satellites because they are uh, in the low earth orbit like 300 to 600 kilometers earth orbit so a simple maneuver of uh, uh, you know bring uh, bringing them back to earth uh, by by simply uh, changing what we call as their orientation of the reaction control systems <laughs> sorry i'm going to get a bit te- technical here no worries at um, all it's fascinating <laughs> Yeah. So, so that basically taking them into a spiral orbit around the Earth, and then it starts burning up as the density of the atmosphere uh, increases. So, uh, what what is more dangerous in low Earth orbit are the satellites which are not functioning, uh, which means you can't connect with them, uh, and they are just like a box flying. So, yeah. uh, all all put together, both of these types of satellites, low Earth orbit and uh, geo orbit satellites. Uh, there is there's a lot of uh, international pressure uh, from different space agencies on each other to, to uh, create uh, mitigation strategies uh, and avoid collision avoidance strategies because collision between two objects can also create debris which have already happened by the way and one of them was a defunct satellite as I mentioned before so this happened in 2009 so uh, a lot of investment has gone in uh, even India uh, has invested in what they call as the multi-object tracking radar MO here, uh, which tracks uh, almost 10,000 debris uh, on, a, on a daily basis up to a size of uh, I think 10, 10 mm uh, dia. So that much uh, uh, precision these radars are having. So that's number one, mitigation. Number two is prevention, what you were asking. So 
interestingly this has become a commercial opportunity there are quite a few companies uh, in singapore in europe like clean up space which are uh, creating different ways uh, of of capturing the like targeting and capturing the debris so these are satellites with a boom or like a net which are being launched to <laughs> to to go and capture the debris and bring it back so yes we are already uh, you know addressing the space debris uh, challenges uh, but yeah a lot more can be done and i think lot more investment has to go sorry that's almost yeah it's almost like fishing in the skies right i mean you have a net and you're trying to pick up all the debris <laughs> yes you can you could say that yeah a very layman's term perhaps but yes that's how we understand it but anyway <laughs> Um thank you so much Pratip it was so nice talking to you and thank you for uh, you know moving away from what you do but to also tell us a little more about your uh, knowledge uh, from earlier and it has been amazing talking to you and thank you so much for spending your time with us It's been my pleasure Mirula thank you and all the best <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs>